Hey, welcome to this episode of the Podcast Manager Show. Today, we are talking to Lauren Felter about how to design podcast graphics that actually get people to listen. This is such a timely episode with Instagram going back between, do they want video? Do they want graphics? Today, we are talking about design and how you can learn the pieces of design that you need to know as a non-designer. Lauren herself is a designer and educator, and previously taught design at a university. And now she has taken that course and brought it to the online business space where we all find ourselves designing from time to time, but don't necessarily consider ourselves designers. So in this episode, she teaches how we can think about design so that it attracts people to our clients' podcasts so we can help our clients grow their shows. All right, without further ado, let's go chat with Lauren. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to The Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Lauren, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, I am really excited to jump into this topic of podcast graphics, something that we talk about on a regular basis, but not like in a formal way like this. So I'm really glad to have you here. But before we jump into that, I would love to know how you got started working online. Yeah. So I started my career in university marketing. So I worked at a university and an admissions office, overseeing marketing, communications, technical systems, you know, all that. I thought that I would be a director of admissions one day. And I also taught on the side. So I taught a course to non-designers about how to design. And so around early 2020, actually right before the pandemic, I really just wasn't happy about where my life was. I felt that I like had done all of these things that I should do. Like I should, you know, follow the career trajectory, get the master's degree, buy the house, like, you know, do all the things. And I just felt like I was kind of pigeonholed into this life that like I no longer wanted to live and wanted to make a lot of changes. And so in February of 2020, I quit my house. I sold my, sorry, I quit my job. I sold my house And I was like, I'm going to become a motivational speaker and I'm going to travel the country and, you know, speak to young adults and college students about like how, you know, all the mistakes I made and all the things they could do differently. And like, it was just very grandiose dreams. I did like almost no research whatsoever. Then of course the pandemic happened and I had to live with my parents because I had sold my house. Like I had nowhere to live and, you know, all my speaking gigs, like everything got canceled So basically from then until now, I was kind of like piecing together all these different part-time jobs. I ended up, you know, going back to teaching. So I was teaching online through the pandemic, the same thing. I was, you know, working for different people. And I was just like, I need to figure out like, what what is it that I ultimately care about? Like, why did I want to be a, a motivational speaker to begin with? And it was that I wanted flexibility. I wanted freedom. And I really wanted to help people. 
And then when I got down to it, it was like, what am I good at? It's like, well, I'm really good at design. Like, I don't need to be a motivational speaker in my early 30s when like I just had like a quarter life crisis. Like, that's not the thing that I need to do. And so I first went, uh, the first thing that I did was I created my course, Create with Confidence. So it is the ultimate design course for non-designers. And so I basically packaged what I was teaching to college students and had also done, you know, in several corporate workshops and kind of made it perfect for like VAs and business owners and of course, podcast managers. Um, and then now I also do branding and web design as well. So that is the the long story of how I got to where I am. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think we, a lot of us can relate, you know, we're entrepreneurs for a reason. And we probably had like that image of, okay, if I want to live the life of flexibility and the life of, you know, time flexibility and financial flexibility, I have to do something huge. I have to be traveling around the world. I have to be, you know, speaking on stages and and even if that, like, hey, that might come back up for you in 10, 10 years, you know, five years, who knows, right? But really, there's like something that we can do just straight at home to give us that. How how freaking awesome is that? Yeah, yeah. And I just, I mean, I believe that like it all happened at the exact right time for me. You know, obviously, like the pandemic was really bad and, you know, very bad, horrible things happened to a lot of people. Like I'm not, I'm not going to make light of that, but like, mm. If I would not have sold my house in February 2020 and quit my job, I would not have had the guts to do it three weeks yes. later once the pandemic happened. So like it really just like forced me to like, okay, like you did this now, figure it out. And it also yeah. taught me that like sometimes like you can't control all of your circumstances, but like can you figure out a way to like be happy and enjoy what you're doing when you literally have to just stay at home? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. You know, just, you know, finding joy in the moment and finding joy in like the stepping stones to where you're mm -hmm. going. Because yes. there's always there's always something that you're learning that you can apply to that next step. And yeah, and that that's just really the journey as a business owner is is learning about yourself and learning from you know, you said that you didn't really do a lot of research. So you're like, okay, next time I'll do some research. But you also know, hey, the best laid plans also do not work themselves out all the time. And so what yeah. are you going to do then? Right? You're just right. going to move move forward. And if I had done more research to realize that everyone and their mom was a motivational speaker for young adults, I might have not actually done it. So it might be a little bit of a blessing. Yes, for sure. Being naive especially young, it, it can be a superpower. It really can be. It, it gets you into situations, like you said, where you're homeless, but not really. You know, you found a place to live and you you were able to build from there. I love that. Now, we're going to be talking about how to create podcast graphics that really get attention. So I wanted to start this conversation with the fact that so much right now that is popular online, you know, aka Instagram, TikTok, is video. So can we start there with what you're kind of seeing? Why are podcast graphics even relevant still? So I actually am seeing the pendulum swing a little bit back the other way on Instagram, which is like insane. Literally, if you would have asked me this summer or reels going away, I would have said never because I all I had to do was I posted a reel every single day. And every time I posted a reel, I got 30 to 50 new followers. Like it was just this easy formula that I could follow. And then now 
sometimes I only get 30 views on a reel. Like it is, you know, really changed the game. So I do think that Instagram is prioritizing graphics again, specifically carousels, because what is the goal of the app? The goal of the app is to get people to be on it as long as possible. So a carousel is more engaging. It's going to capture someone's attention for a longer amount of time than just like a, you know, single static graphic is going to. So as far as attention grabbing graphics, I've got like a few things I'm going to talk about. Okay. So thing number one is the fonts and the colors communicate something before someone even reads a single word. Mm. So you can't just go to Canva and pick a template that is like really popular or you think just looks good or whatever. You have to figure out, you know, what is it that I am trying to communicate to whom? What do I want that person to think about this podcast, about this brand and choosing fonts and colors that are aligned? Okay, so that's like, Thing number one is like, does the actual visual align? The next thing is we want to make sure specifically for a graphic that's not a video that we're leading with a headline that is the biggest, boldest thing in the graphic. It's maybe three to six words that that ideal person will care about. So like that headline should not be new episode Mm. because no offense, I don't give a you-know-what, that you have a new episode. But if that headline said, make more money, work less, all of a sudden, I might care about that. And then I'm going to actually read what's the text that's underneath it? What's the text that's on, you know, the next part of the carousel, whatever. Um, So then the third thing is like, don't feel like you have to vomit on the screen. Like you don't have to say every single thing at once. You just have to say enough to get someone to learn a little bit more and learn a little bit more and learn a little bit more. So like, we don't have to say like, you know, make more money, work less and the quote, and this is the name of my podcast and new episode. And I'm on this season and it just came out on Tuesday. And like, that is just like, you know, it's so much like just enough to get someone to be interested. If they are interested in that graphic, they will read the caption. What episode is this? What podcast is this? So it's really like, it's a lot of little things that we can do that will really move the needle. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially with carousels. Because you're creating multiple graphics, I, I see and feel the tendency to add more things, like you're saying, like to create, you know, turn it into like a paragraph where you just keep going and going. But like you said, you don't have to, you don't, you shouldn't do that, in fact, because it could be like overwhelming and the message might not even get across, come across if it's if it's just too much text. Yeah, yes. A lot of text is something that like a lot of people struggle with is like, I think that I've been gifted with when I'm writing, like I can just like say it in less words. Like it's just mm. something that I've always had, but not everyone has that. And like, if someone sees a huge block of text, they're not going to read it point blank. Like that is intimidating. Like let's say that you were walking down the street and someone handed you a piece of paper with just like gobs and gobs of text on it. Like they're not going to read it. But if it has a headline at the top or headings over each paragraph that I could easily scan and skim and see like, does this apply to me? Do I care? Then I might actually read the paragraphs underneath. So like that's why things like headlines and headings are so, so critical to getting someone to actually reading the, you know, larger amounts of text underneath. 
Yeah, totally. And back to what you were saying about like new episode, you know, it's it's so true. We really have to think about our the people that we're trying to capture their attention. Like they might they might care that you have a new episode, but like not enough to stop. So you really have to like dig deep and say like, what's going to get them to stop here instead of keep scrolling? So they might be like, oh, neat. You know, Lauren has a new episode, but it's not getting them to stop. Right. So that's that's really what we want to think about is what is what are they what's their need right now or what's what's a problem that we can solve for them right now and leading with that. Yeah. A thing that I talk about a lot in my course is like, why should I care? Like if you were to design something and your ideal person said, why should I care? Whatever your answer is, that's what you lead with instead of new episode, new course, new product, you know, whatever it is, because like that has no benefit to your ideal person. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Now, whenever we're creating graphics, how important is it to create a new graphic each time? Do you get what I'm saying? Like a new template. As podcast managers, we love to use templates. You know, streamline this, make it as easy as possible, right? Don't tell me I can't put new episode because that's what I always do. Like, so what about changing the actual look and style of the graphic? Okay, so what I recommend for templates And this is more for like an Instagram feed. So like, you know, you could think of one of your, you know, new episode templates is like one of these. What I recommend is like pick three templates that look different from each other that you could use for different purposes. Create three versions of each of those with variations of your brand colors and then intermix that on your feed with, you know, just pictures, graphics, etc. And then you have, you know, enough variation, but it still looks cohesive and on brand. Like, I would not say that every time you have a new episode to pick a new template, like, because, you know, beyond just fonts and colors, things like alignment, shapes, placement, you know, all of that also plays into your brand. And so, like, I think that Canva is an amazing tool. I think that it it has made design incredibly accessible for a lot of people. Like prior to Canva, there was the Adobe Creative Suite, which I taught to college students. Like it's complicated. It's cumbersome. Like there's a lot of features that like your average person putting together an Instagram graphic doesn't need. And then there's like Microsoft Word, which if you've ever tried to put a picture in Microsoft Word, (laughs) like you wanted to throw your laptop out the window. So like Canva (laughs) is this beautiful tool that's right there in the middle. Like it's, it's great. It's enough. But like I see people getting into, you know, trouble really when like every time they have something new, they go to Canva, they get a template, they change the colors, they change the fonts. And like they think that it's on brand, but like everything just looks like all over the place and crazy. So Mm -hmm. back to your original question, if all you're posting on your Instagram feed or the only graphics you're creating are for your podcast, find three different ones that you like, create three different versions of them with different color variation, and there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's a that's a great suggestion because then, you know, you have nine things too. And most of the time, our clients are posting other things as well. So like you said, it'll mm-hmm. be a great mix of, you know, maybe some the more, I don't want to say authentic, but like some more like raw pictures of mm-hmm. what they're doing in their life or something, plus reels and everything will be mixed in. So right. those graphics will really last. And like, let's say that truly your only content or your client's only content is the podcast. like. You don't have to talk about a podcast with just quotes in terms of graphics. Like 
One version could be quotes. One version could be three takeaways from this episode. One version could be like a a result that someone saw based on, you know, like a, a client testimonial, like something like that, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. there are different ways to talk about it as opposed to just like a quote from an episode. Now, please go listen. Right. Totally. And we've done some previous episodes on like repurposing. So even taking, you know, the episode that you released this week and turning it into other graphics for weeks from now that you're just like revisiting essentially and that you're either telling people to go listen to the episode or you're just resharing that information as its like own, you know, silo post on on Instagram. Yeah. What are some of the mistakes that you're seeing people make that are you know, beginner designers, or they don't even want to use, they don't even want to say they're a designer. <laughs> they're just they're out there on the Instagram streets trying to make it happen. What kind of mistakes are you seeing out there? Yeah. So thinking about templates, I think that, you know, there's a lot of like planning that needs to take place when you're creating a template initially. So like, let's say, you know, your client's going to have in a year, if they produce every week, like 50 episodes, like thinking about, okay, what are like all the different titles and guests? And is it only ever going to be one guest on an episode? Will it ever maybe be two? What's like the longest title that they could possibly have? And designing, thinking about all those variations of like, what would it look like if there were two guests? What would it look like if my guest had a really long hyphenated last name. I just posted a reel about this. What would it look like if the title of the episode was a lot longer than it typically is? And designing from there. So then when you create all of your templates, you don't have to, oh my gosh, I have to adjust this template now because the title's 12 words and it's usually six. And, you know, so like there's some kind of planning ahead things you can do. Um, Another thing I see people do, and I think that this is like, really not setting yourself up for success is, you know, designing a template that's going to require a lot of work in the future. Mm -hmm. So something like including a guest photo where the background has to be removed. Like sometimes that's an easy thing, but sometimes it's like a lot more tedious. And, you know, there's like cleanup that you have to do or you can't get it to look quite right. Like, why would we do that to ourselves? (laughs) Why not just design a template where we can just put in a photo with like a, you know, a square edge or crop to a circle or, you know, something like that. Hey, before we continue with this episode, I wanted to ask you something. If there was a way that you could make $5,000 per month as a podcast manager without taking on a million clients, is that something that you'd be interested in? If so, I have great news for you. We have a brand new masterclass that teaches you how you can make $5,000 per month as a podcast manager without taking on a million clients. In this class, we are covering the skills and the systems that every podcast manager needs to know to land high paying clients so that you can make $5,000 per month and beyond. You'll also learn the mistakes that I was making And I see podcast managers continue to make that keep them from profit. So if you are nodding your head, yes, tell me more, Lauren, then go to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass to get a seat in the masterclass this week. You can find that link in the show notes. I'll see you there. 
Yes, I think when we maybe it would take us a minute to figure out that our client attracts guests like this, but sometimes our clients will have guests that don't have professional headshots. Maybe they're not business owners and they have like quirky businesses that we're interviewing them about or whatever. They just are not the type of person that has a headshot. So like what you're saying, the graphic could help you with that in that like their picture is a circle and it's it's small on the smaller end so that it, it blends in with your branding still. And it's not like, oh, this is the client, you know, or sorry, this is the guest that's like in front of a tree, but the lighting is off and all of that. It can smooth things over with the design. That, yeah, that's a really good example. I was literally going to say crop it to a circle and put it, you know, kind of <laughs> small on the bottom because I mean, I've had to do that before where sometimes I'm literally taking a photo from someone's Facebook and yes. like their spouse's face <laughs> is like right up next to theirs. And it's like, this is literally, you know, the best picture that I have. Um, another one that I've seen is, you know, putting the picture only on one side and being really rigid about, okay, the image is always going to be on the right side. But like a rule of working with pictures of people is that you always want the person to face into the design. So like Mm -hmm. if a person is, you know, on the right side of the graphic, they need to either be kind of like facing forward or facing inward, but like you don't want them to be facing like off of the graphic, like, you know, up to the edge. So like, if you're really rigid about, okay, the image always has to be on the right, then what that means is, okay, then sometimes we're going to have to ask for a different photo, or we're going to have to flip the photo, which I've done before. And then all of a sudden their hair part is on the other side (laughs) and their mole is on the other side of their face. And hopefully they don't care or don't notice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Or we could just design it, like you said, where the image is small and it's in the center and we can accommodate for all of those different variations that there might be. Yeah. Yeah. Because even if we had two versions where like in one version, they were on the left and one version, they were on the right, it would definitely be the one time where you have to use the right side and I like love a system. And so what you're explaining is so resonates with me of like, I if I have a template, especially from a designer, I will just I will use it to a fault. I will like, I will just like you're saying, like, I would be the person that'd be like, no, the the photo has to be here. And I'm not this person knew what they were doing when they created it. I'm not deviating from it. So what you were saying about like the title being long and like, you know, an additional guest, like that is real life happens. You you will go, you know, 10 episodes in and then all of a sudden you you hit that type of snag. And yes, you can make some adjustments in the moment, like, okay, this is what the version looks like now. But you do want to have some of this know-how so that when you do make that second version, uh, that's going to accommodate those, you know, those kind of one-off times, you'll you'll feel good about what you created. Yeah. So I realized that, you know, if you are a podcast manager, you likely do are working for a podcast that already exists. And you probably don't have a lot of, you know, autonomy over, hey, let's change the cover art. So like, I realize that this is like a, you know, a big conversation to have. But I think it's definitely something to be aware of, you know, if you're working with someone who is rebranding or, you know, going to create a new podcast. And so that is that, you know, this is a mistake that people make on a lot of things. So I'm not just calling out podcasts, but we design, you know, the cover art when it is really, really big on our monitor. And we think, oh, it looks fabulous. It's beautiful. And then we're not taking into account that the majority of the time when people actually see the cover art, it's going to be like literally the size of our thumbnail 
on someone's screen. Mm -hmm. And so some of those design decisions, like how much real estate it takes up or that it's, you know, some of the letters are over a picture of someone and like when it's really big, it can be read, but other times it can't really be read. Or like in addition to the name of the podcast, we've got like a tagline and who it's for and who it's hosted by and a little microphone icon and, you know, all these other things. And it just, it looks like clutter when it's really, really small. So like my challenge to you would be before you finalize that cover art is like, look at it really, really, really small and make sure, can the title of the podcast even be read? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I was just helping someone design cover art the other day and she really wanted to put her credentials in. So she was debating between putting in her her credentials, which, you know, obviously say a lot about who the host is. So it's it's a great idea. She wanted to do either do her credentials or she wanted to do like, you know, who she is, like who she coaches, essentially. And who she coaches is more compelling than her credentials. So it was like, you know, most of the time I want to go with who you coach, who you kind of identify as. But your credentials here, they looked way better. And like you said, from that thumbnail version, there's no way they were going to be able to read who she coached. And also, if you find her on Instagram, you're going to know exactly who it is. And if you listen to her show, you know, in the intro, she's going to talk about it. We don't have to deliver all of the information in the cover art, just like we were saying with carousels. Like, it doesn't have to be the whole novel in the cover art. So, yes, totally love that. I I occasionally will see people with like taglines and it's like long taglines. Yeah. And and it's like almost like you think the SEO is happening on the graphic, but it's not. (laughs) Maybe if there's some confusion there, it's not. Uh, And that information will be received somewhere else beyond the cover art. Yeah. You have your podcast description. You've got most recent episodes and descriptions of those. Like there's so many other places that people can get this information. Like, again, don't vomit on the screen. We don't need all of it in this teeny tiny little thumbnail. Yes. So you are also a branding expert, which obviously go ties into all of this. So for our own businesses as podcast managers, I'd love to know how often should we be updating our personal branding? Because, you know, things come and go like right now, just like the nudes are so popular. And so maybe we look at our branding that we have and we think like, I need to update it so it looks like this. How how often should we be doing that? You know, what's a good idea and what's like you're you're doing this too often? Okay, so the short answer is that all brands evolve on an ongoing basis and will make slightly more significant changes every two to five years. Okay. Before I talk about evolving, let's talk about like the brand to begin with. So whenever I work with someone, I ask them, what are five words that you would want your ideal person to use to describe your business, your brand based on whatever they see? And those five words are always, you know, very different because there's a difference between I want to be seen as playful or serious. I want to be seen as fast paced or, you know, traditional, like whatever it might be. And so from there, we make all of our design design choices, fonts, colors, etc. I would never choose or I would never advise someone to change their branding based off of what's trendy. 
but I would advise someone to update their branding based off of something looking dated. So Mm -hmm. like the nudes, for example, like I wouldn't tell someone, hey, nudes are really in, like we need to like adjust your branding and incorporate some nudes. But if they said like, I want to be perceived as like high end and upscale and whatever, then like, okay, yeah, like nudes would be like appropriate. Yeah. Um, Back to the, you know, brand evolving. Whenever you say rebrand, like that makes a lot of people's butt cheeks sweat, to be frank. Like they (laughs) feel that it is like, I have to pick a date and everything before the date has to look like this and everything after the date has to look like that. Like Mm -hmm. I'm a, as you said, branding expert. I think I'm going to put that on my resume. Um, And my brand is evolving right now. I recently switched out one of my serif fonts. So I updated it on my website. I'm starting to phase it into my graphics. But my course, I already filmed four hours worth of video with an old serif on it. So I'm going to wait probably two years to redo those videos, you know, so I could redo them all at once with whatever the new font is. Like, A year ago, I adjusted one of my blue colors. I had a blue that was like more of a royal blue. I adjusted it to more of a navy because I wanted it to, you know, be taken a little more seriously. Like there are like tweaks that happen every now and then. Like we phase out this logo, we change this color, whatever. But like it doesn't have to be this like really serious and dramatic, like from this day forward, it all needs to look exactly like this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it doesn't need to be or really shouldn't be like a dramatic change anyway. Like you said, it's more of an evolution. And and maybe you don't like what you have anymore. Yes, you could make a more significant rebrand or or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that that's very helpful. There's a way to what I'm hearing you say is like, there's a way for you to update your brand without feeling like you need to like overhaul it to match what is trendy. Yeah. And like sometimes I work with people that will have like a lot of like physical collateral. Like I recently worked with someone that like red was one of her brand colors and she like did like events in person and she had a lot of like red items that she worked with. And she's like, look, like the red is a deal breaker. Like the red's got to stay. So like we could work around all the other things, but like red still needs to be a part of it. Like we can't move to like pink and green because, you know, we still got to keep the red. And like, that's the thing is that, you know, it it all works together to put out this image. Like one color is not the thing. It's, you know, we're working with like six to eight colors and three fonts and lots of different shapes. Like all of that paints a picture. Like it's not just red that communicates one thing. Yeah. Yeah. But even having red always in the mix really helps her to be identifiable maybe but it's Mm -hmm. like you said it's not like red is in every single graphic or in every single thing that she has in a physical event maybe but it's maybe it's just kind of like the core of of her brand yeah and like I've never done a I don't call it a rebrand I call it a brand refresh I've never done one where like absolutely every single thing has changed completely. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes it's like the logo is a little different and we've got new colors or like the colors are basically the same and the logo's new and we're introducing new fonts. Like it's evolving. It's not like this wipe the table clean and start over kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Now, you know, kind of going back to like graphics that convert, 
what I'm getting from from you is like one of the big one of the big things that we want to think about is like what do we want the listener or how do we attract the listener to the graphic in the first place? Lead with something that's really compelling instead of something that we just think needs to be there, like new episode or the even just like the title of the podcast. Like that's basically irrelevant until we get their attention. So what's another thing that we want to think about when it comes to creating graphics that convert? Yeah. So another thing is like thinking about that, and this is something I talk about in my course, is like everything that's the same needs to be exactly the same and everything that's different needs to be very different. Mm. So thinking about like a carousel, like everything that's the same being like all of your text, like, you know, sentences, paragraphs, et cetera those all need to look exactly the same, be in the same place. So that when someone's scrolling, like they easily can visually identify this is paragraph text. All of your headings that are like of equal value or equal weight, you know, if it's like a step one, step two, step three, all Mm -hmm. of those need to look exactly the same, be in the same place. So again, someone can like visually scan. Like the worst thing that you can do is for every little piece and part of your graphic is like change the font, change the color, change this, change that, because we want someone's eye to be able to visually distinguish what something is before they have to actually read it. So we want their eye to be able to see like, this is a headline, this is paragraph text, this is a call to action without actually having to read the words because they're going to pick up on those visual cues before they actually read the words. Yes, that is such a good point. And I think something we could really think about when we're making graphics is like, am I making that would just make things easier for us, right? It's easier for us as the, you know, non-designers, but also it also is making it easier for people to visually digest the graphic. Like you said, before they're even reading the words, their their eyes are saying, okay, I get it. I, I get what's mm-hmm. happening here. Now I can read it. And I think like people, you know, they think of like design as like, it's creative, it's artistic. And like being creative and artistic means Uh like mixing it up, like keeping it the same is boring. And it's like, no, keeping it the same, like helps the person who's absorbing the information to visually identify what it is that they're looking at. It's like, you know, trying to think of, of an example, you know, like street signs, like street signs are always blue or green and then like the brown signs are about like national parks and Mm -hmm. yellow signs are about bad things coming up you know what I mean like if every sign was like a different color then we would have to like actually read it to know what it is whereas we could just be like oh that's a street oh that's like a park that I don't care about because I'm not going to a park you know what I mean or like oh that's yellow like curvy road ahead I need to know that yeah great point great point and so then people can they, they can just like digest it easier than having to look at a new graphic and mean like, okay, what, what, do, what do I need to read first, basically? Mm-hmm. Now, I want to I talk about audiograms. So, you know, we're making mm-hmm. a lot of reels for our clients, perhaps, or maybe our clients are making them for their show um, without our, our, you know, weigh in, but we are still making audiograms. So, you know, considering that there is that audio element to it, do you have any advice on designing graphics to go with those audio clips? 
So when you say audiogram, I just want to be clear that you mean that there's no video of a person talking. It's truly just animated words. Yes. So the words, the words like the captions might not even be there, but you're hearing the person speak. Got it. Um, So I would always advise captions because, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people are not listening, you know, as as much as they're looking. But I think, again, you know, it comes down to the headline. And I had actually a podcast manager that I'm in a mastermind group with send me a video recently. And she's like, hey, like, I want your opinion on this. And it was like a clip of, you know, someone talking on a podcast. And and basically the point that they were getting to was like how to empower your employees to own their work. But I didn't get that until listening for like 20 seconds because the guy was like, you know, something that I saw recently, I was working with a client and blah, blah. And so like, I would have just kept scrolling. Like I would have no reason. But if there was a headline on the video or on the audiogram and it said how to empower your employees to own their work, then I'm much more likely to stick around because I got that instant visual cue and that preview. But then from a design perspective, we want to make sure that that headline is designed in a way where it's bigger, it's bolder, it's more attention grabbing. And then the captions, they can still be read, but perhaps they're smaller, maybe less of a weight, maybe the headline is in all caps, the captions are in, you know, normal, like sentence capitalization, Mm -hmm. like those visual cues would distinguish like, again, to my eye, this is a headline and these are captions. We don't want them to look exactly the same. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And yes, like just even having the captions there, like you said, that's so important, especially now. I mean, it used to be like, not as accessible really like create adding captions to things like Instagram you know you can you can add captions to most stuff unless it is wonky and doesn't let you for that specific one but yeah I think that's a great point to make I still find that it's pretty wonky even when it lets you I'm not a huge fan of the native captions in Instagram me too me too mine was just (laughs) broken today so I hear you there (laughs) I love Descript though I don't know you know what tools Yes, you recommend or talk about. But I mean, I think Descript is fabulous. Like just I use it to edit all of my course videos. I use it to edit all of my reels. Like I think that they are not the best with like their training. Like it's kind of definitely something that you have to like learn on your own. But Mm -hmm. I think that it is a phenomenal tool. Yes, there you can do audio editing in there as well. So we talk a lot about how to it. It has some faults to it as far as Mm -hmm. like how a podcast manager would use it. So we were in my group, we're always talking about like, use it for this, don't use it for that. And so that's, that's a good point of, you know, you can use it for reels and and video editing and things like that. That's a great suggestion. Now, Lauren, before we wrap up, I want to ask you, what's one thing that everyone could do so that their branding is taken more seriously when we see it on Instagram? Yeah, so... Like I was saying with Canva, you know, we live in the day of templates. Like templates are so easily accessible to us, whether for graphics, for websites, for all kinds of different things. And like, while that's great and all, I see a really big problem with, you know, people not having consistency from one platform to the other. Like they purchase all these templates in all these different places and they're just kind of piecing them together. And so the Instagram looks like one thing, but it doesn't look like the podcast graphic. And then the website looks a lot different. And so 
you know, really what you want to do to have a very cohesive brand and for everything to, you know, look great and look the same is you want to start with what are those five words that I would want my ideal person to use to describe me? We're going to choose two to three fonts that match those five words. We're going to choose six to eight colors that match those five words. We're going to choose our shapes and our alignment. Like, are we going to use circles or squares or straight lines or squiggly lines, left alignment, center alignment, you know, whatever it is. And then from there, all other design decisions take place. And so we use that rule book and that playbook in order for everything to look cohesive because Mm -hmm. good design doesn't just look good. Good design attracts the right person. It converts them. And it ultimately closes the deal. You know, you don't want the design of of your website or your client site or, you know, whatever to cause someone to question, is this person not serious? Are they not legitimate? You know, like anyone can just throw up a website and say, I have a business. Yeah. And so you don't want those like kind of questions to creep up in someone's mind. You want all of that stuff to look very cohesive and consistent across the board so that that doesn't even become a question. Yes. Yes, 100%. That makes a lot of sense. Now, I would love for you to share how we could work with you or connect with you after the episode. Yeah. So the best place to connect with me is my Instagram. I'm Felter Unfiltered and I share lots of fun tips and things about design that people are like, I never even thought to consider that before. So that's a great resource for you. Um, My course is called Create with Confidence. So if you are in the phase of business that you're DIYing, or you have members of your team who are, you know, designing on their own, this course is fabulous for laying the foundation of, you know, what is good design. It really takes design from this like indescribable art and, creates a, you know, set of rules that you can follow every time to crank out really good looking, high converting designs. And then if you're in the phase of your business that you're like, I'm not designing on my own, and I want somebody to do it for me, I have my brand refresh. And I also have custom websites that I create. But I do book up several months in advance. So if you're interested in a website for um, or branding late summer, early fall, you know, let's talk soon. Um, And then also, if any of this is a fit for any of your clients, I offer affiliates for my course and referral commission for my services up to $200. So all that information is on my website. Yes. And we'll make sure to put that on the show notes for this episode so everyone can find it very easily. And thank you so much. I think that what you're doing is so needed. I mean, I see a lot of great looking graphics, but also a lot of what you point out today, I'm like, yeah, I I do see that. And I can see how that could be improved. So I think, you know, everything that you shared is really hit the nail on the head. So thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing with us your expertise. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.